Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Carrie Simmons. Today we're talking with nurse practitioner Zach Schott of Willis Knighton Cardiology. We're going to be talking all about heart failure, which is some really interesting facts that I didn't know that you're going to enlighten us on a whole bunch of things about that. So we'll be taking your calls throughout the show. And as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way before making your call. The number is 318-219-4569 and you'll see it at the bottom of your screen throughout the show. So thank you so much for being here, Zach. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Oh, it's an honor for us to have you. First of all, let's start with what a a nurse practitioner does, because that's fascinating. Sure. So a nurse practitioner is an advanced practice registered nurse who uh, goes back to obtain an advanced practice degree, a master's degree, or a doctoral degree um, that receives additional training um, to be able to diagnose and treat and prescribe um, and treat medical conditions. We work in collaboration with uh, physicians uh, in the state of Louisiana, um, and it's kind of a a team approach of of managing patients together. It really is. And did you know when you became a nurse that you were wanting to be a nurse practitioner or just kind of grow into that? Um, Not at first. I wanted to get into the medical field um, to help people, and uh, just the more you get into it, the more I wanted to learn and continue to be able to help, and um, it was just the right path for me. Isn't that great that there's that path? You want to learn more, and well, there's this, there's this, and actually positions, you know, for you to go ahead and learn and just take on new stuff and yeah. new, new ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's you, there's always more to learn, mm-hmm. and medicine changes on a constant basis. So yeah, you have to stay stay up with it and can, to continue to learn and grow with it. Which is fascinating too. So you're constantly learning, constantly getting the new information and applying it. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. Did you know you always wanted to be in cardiology? I did. The um, the heart's always fascinated me. Um, it's just always been an interesting uh, organ, and I've always enjoyed uh, managing it and taking care of those cardiac patients. Yeah, I've learned so much from talking to the doctors here, about, especially about what the heart does. And, and so let's talk about heart failure. That term a lot of times can mean, let's bust a myth here, like heart failure. I always think my heart stopped or you're going to die. But heart failure, what technically is heart failure? So heart failure is a condition where the heart either becomes weakened and doesn't pump blood flow um, adequately, or um, there's other conditions of heart failure where the heart muscle becomes uh, thickened and stiff and doesn't relax as well. So it's a, an overall condition that we um, determine where the heart isn't working quite appropriately as far as the heart function. And so what would the term be? Like I have heart failure, I, is that a condition that you live with going forward? Yeah, or? so usually once you're diagnosed with heart failure, it's usually a diagnosis that you carry mm. um, long term. Um, it's caused from you know many different issues from ischemic heart disease, um, ranging all the way to viral cardiomyopathies. You'll hear the term cardiomyopathy used a lot, which is disease of the heart. Uh, but there's many conditions that can affect it and, and cause and develop cardiomyopathies in patients. Mm, okay. And once a heart gets to a certain point of failure or damage, does it ever get better or does it? So it can. It kind of depends on what the insulting agent is that caused the heart oh. muscle to weaken. Um, it certainly, with certain medications and treatment options, can um, get better. Um, in instances of big heart attacks, um, that's why you know you hear cardiologists talk about time as muscle. That's why it's very important when you're having chest pain and suspect that you're having a heart attack to get to a hospital, call 911 and get to a hospital as soon as possible. Because once the damage is done to the heart from an acute heart attack, 
that heart muscle is damaged and it's not viable anymore. So that's why we want to be able to get to heart attacks as quickly as possible and it's important for patients to get medical treatment as soon as possible when they're having chest pains and suspected heart attacks. Yeah, that's so important what you just said. It's all the more reason to just get help right away. The yeah. sooner that you, you have someone look at it and have someone like you there to take care of it, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, patients sometimes are um, nervous to want to go to a hospital or go talk to a doctor. They, you know, oh, this could just be acid reflux. This isn't anything serious. But when it's coming to your heart, you only have one, and it's very important that you take care of it. So, you know, if you're having those symptoms, definitely call 911 or, or go to the emergency room to yeah. be evaluated. Better to be safe than sorry. Yes, never be afraid to call and Absolutely, go for it. So, yeah. Well, we have a caller for you. All right. Hi, Shirley, what is your question? Yes, um, my doctor told me that uh, my heart has a narrow um, aorta, I think, and he said that he can't put a stent in it and that I'm not able to have surgery and be put under because I might not come out. Is that true? Is that correct? Well, there are um, certain situations that um, make patients high risk to undergo surgery and operations. Um, depending on where, you know, blockages are, um, you know, it can be difficult to put stents in. You know, that's something that um, you would just have to kind of talk to him to further characterize those risks and, and deciding what the best treatment option is for that. Uh, stenting is not always the best option. Sometimes just using medications and medically managing conditions may be the best um, option at that time, but again, that would be a conversation that you should probably continue to have with your cardiologist to determine what the best treatment option would be. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you so much for calling, Shirley. That's really important too, and, and I love these calls too. They come in because it's another reminder to us that everything is individual to you. There's right. no really like blanket answer to that, which I love her question, wanting to know, is that true that I might not come under, there? Are, I mean, come out of this? There are different factors to that, right? Right, absolutely. Every, every invasive procedure carries uh, a risk to undergo, um, and it's one of those things that we as healthcare providers, we try to determine the benefit and risk of what's associated with that procedure and you know we don't want to pursue a procedure that the risk outweigh the benefits because we ultimately got in this to help patients and to get better we don't want to cause any harm or any further damage yeah which is so great and another important important message to take let your doctor or whoever's working on you to know everything that you're feeling everything there's no silly thing to bring up there's no symptom that you think oh that's just me um, really bring up everything that doesn't feel like it's right for you yeah there's you know there's no um, such thing as a dumb question mm -hmm. you know I encourage patients to ask your healthcare providers you know questions and what is my condition what is my prognosis what are things that I can do to um, help live a better life in the condition that you're diagnosed with yeah so you don't know unless you ask right I think we can't can't stress that enough right to about just do you, do you find patients that well I was having this for a couple of days but I didn't want to make a big deal out of it oh, or we, we I see didn't it do we see it all the time in really? the hospital they you know patients come in with chest pain for two or three days who you know thought that they were having indigestion or reflux and uh, they come in and come to find out they had a heart attack two days <laughs> ago and are coming in from you know uh, complications of that that heart attack so uh, it's definitely an important um, conversation to have and uh, 
to talk to your healthcare providers when you're having those symptoms because it could be something much more serious than uh, being acid reflux or indigestion. Yes, and so nice to find out that, I mean, it's nice to find out the reverse. Come in and think, I think I'm having a heart attack, and you know, it's really just acid yeah, reflux, we, you're gonna be yeah. fine. Um, exactly. Either way, to get an answer. Yes. And, and I found, oh, we have another call for you. Hi, Mildred, what is your question? My question is, I have had swelling in my left foot, leg, all the way up to my thigh, and it's killing a demon of a retired nurse. But it's killing edema, not in the right leg, just in the left. And I was wondering, could that be caused by I mean, my kidneys are fine, those, everything else is fine. So could that be from some kind of heart problem that for some reason it's not working well enough to get rid of the fluid? Um, yeah, it certainly could be. It's definitely something to talk to your healthcare provider about. Um, edema in the lower extremities could certainly uh, be from congestive heart failure. So I would definitely have a conversation with your doctor or healthcare provider and have some additional screening done to do a good checkup on your heart to make sure that you haven't developed congestive heart failure. Okay, well I've had a, um, a uh, heart cab and it was fine. What was that? Is that a test? You, you had a heart cath? Yes, and it was fine. Okay, yeah. So certainly a heart cath is one procedure that they do to further um, evaluate for heart disease, um, but there's certainly some additional testing that could be done to, to further evaluate um, if you have congestive heart failure or not. So that's a good start, Mildred. Okay. That came back good. So if you're still having that, yes, definitely go call your doctor and see what else it yeah, could be attributed to, right? Yeah, definitely follow up with yeah. them, and it sounds like they may need to do some more testing. Yeah. Thank you so well, much for coming. It, it comes and it comes and it goes. One week is okay, the next week it comes back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely go see about that, Mildred. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much for calling. And so another good lead into symptoms and how many things in our body really could lead to the heart? And is it always a good question to say, is this my heart that's making this happen? Yeah, certainly. So the, the biggest symptoms that we see with congestive heart failure are shortness of breath, uh, dipsing on exertion. You get shorter breath when you exert yourself. You walk up a, a flight of stairs and by the time you get to the top of it, you have to stop and, and catch your breath. Um, we often see lower extremity edema or swelling in the feet and the ankles. Um, we often uh, sometimes present with palpitations or sensation that their heart's racing, dizziness, lightheadedness, fatigue, just overall just not feeling well. Um, some patients will present with abdominal bloating or um, swelling in their abdomen. Those are all uh, kind of warning signs that uh, could point to congestive heart failure. Okay, and the swelling, like say the swelling in the abdomen, is that soft, does it get hard? Is it a different kind of swelling than just being like a bloated feeling? Yeah, I mean, most patients describe it as a bloating feeling, yeah. that they just feel like they're swelling in their abdomen. It's usually more a soft feeling just from retaining fluid within the abdominal cavity that makes them feel bloated. Right. Patients can retain fluid in different areas of the body with congestive heart failure, and that's mm -hmm. one location. But I would probably say the most common presentation is swelling in their legs and feet. Okay. And what is it about the heart not acting properly that makes you swell somewhere? Is it just because things aren't flowing right? Or? Exactly. So um, heart failure, the heart muscle becomes weakened and doesn't pump effectively. 
um, and that causes an, an increase in pressure in the heart that causes a backflow of blood uh, into the lungs and then to the right side of the, the body that um, causes patients to retain fluid um, that causes them to swell. Mm -hmm. um, there's other conditions. Um, we kind of divide heart failure into three categories um, that are kind of newer terms that we call heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, meaning that their heart function is strong uh, and oftentimes they have untreated hypertension for a long time and the heart muscle, the ventricle becomes stiff and thick and doesn't relax very well. So it pumps strong but it doesn't relax very well which can cause fluid to back up as well. Um, and then we have a, what we call a heart failure with a reduced ejection fraction, which is where the heart muscle is weak um, and isn't pumping blood effectively. So it's, um, and there's a kind of an in-between that we call a heart failure with a mid-range. It's kind of not quite normal, but not quite weak yet that um, we kind of put a, into those three categories. Okay, we have Jim on the line for you. Hi, Jim, what is your question? Hi, um, yes, uh, my question is, um, uh, you know, over the years, um, family members or friends have had the hard cath procedure, and when they've needed um, a stent uh, from the evaluation of the cath, they seem to always reschedule it for a different doctor to come in to do that at a later time. And my question is: is um, are there cardiologists that? We'll do it both at the same time, you know, because you're already under anesthesia when they're doing the heart cath. And if, they, if you've had that discussion with your doctor beforehand to go ahead and do the uh, stent at the same time as you're, you know, so you don't have to come back and find a different doctor. Generally, it's always been a different doctor. I don't know if it's their skill level or I, I don't know why is that occurring. Yeah, Jim, so to answer your question, there are um, different types of cardiologists um, that specialize in stent placements. And then there's other cardiologists that we call diagnostic cardiologists that um, perform the cardiac catheterization or coronary angiography. Um, and then there's what we call interventional cardiologists that do both the diagnostic part and the interventions. Um, but it is um, only interventional cardiologists are the ones that actually place the stent in. So you have some cardiologists that can go in and interrogate the heart and look for blockages. And then there's other ones that are trained to specifically do interventions uh, for coronary artery disease. Oh, okay. And then one other question, um, again, from family members. Um, uh, the stress test, I've heard of the, you know, where they run on a treadmill, and then I've heard there's also a, a way they do it for more senior citizens with a chemical, or the, the final results just as good or the same? Yeah, so they're, they're very similar. Um, a, a exercise stress test is where we put you on the treadmill and walk, but unfortunately, you know, there's some conditions that patients can't walk on the treadmill. They either have, you know, severe osteoarthritis, bad knees, or just physically can't, um, you know, perform the test. So there is uh, what we call pharmacological stress test where we use medication to stress the body instead of using the treadmill. So the results are very similar and um, are both very good tests. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the program. Yes, sir. Thank you for calling. Oh, thank you so much, Jim. Those are great questions. Yeah. You know, think about, you know, and we, we have so many doctors here, like, just like you are, that advocate for patient, patient advocacy to ask the questions. And, so, and we have another caller. Was it Nina? Mina? Wilhelmina. Hi, Wilhelmina. Thanks for your call. What's your question? 
Um, yes, I was wondering. I was recently in the hospital for heart failure, and when I was sent home, I was sent home on a diabetic medicine um, called, I think, Jardy, Jardy or something like that. Why would they put me on the diabetic medicine for my heart? Hey, that's a great question. Um, so there's some newer medications that we use um, that were originally developed for treatment of diabetes, and we later found out after the fact that they were great medications to use in congestive heart failure patients that you know, decreased mortality rates, decreased hospitalizations, and now have their own indication to use in congestive heart failure irrespective of a diagnosis of diabetes. So. That's you know something that we learn out studying drugs. You know after they're developed, it may have been developed for one thing, but we use it for multiple conditions. So um, it's it's a great drug to to use and can be used for multiple reasons. Okay, okay, thank you. That that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate you answering my question for Absolutely. me. Absolutely, thank you for calling in. Thank you, Wilhelmina. That's a great question, and it brought me, it makes me think about something else too, how, how along the way with learning and advancements in medication and test cell, we'll accidentally find out that something that was supposed to treat this really cured this, yeah. and that finds out, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Absolutely. All right, well, we have yeah. Carleen on the line for you. Hi, what's your question? Yes, hi, I was wondering, uh, my doctor wanted to put me on statins, and I was, kind of leery about it and I was thinking I was going to try niacin. How do you feel about that? Sure, certainly um, niacin has had its role in treatment of um, high cholesterol levels. Um, again, you know, I encourage you to talk to your doctor, you know, about, you know, dieting and exercising. There's, you know, multiple modalities to treat high cholesterol levels um, and, you know, depending on how high the levels are, um, sometimes diet and exercise alone aren't enough, but you may need you know, some additional treatment um, to help you get to your, your goal cholesterol levels. Okay, so um, does potassium have anything to do with having low levels? Would that be throwing things off to where you could uh, possibly get high cholesterol too? No ma'am, your potassium levels shouldn't affect your cholesterol levels. I will, okay, well, I appreciate that, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, thanks for calling in. Thank you so much. Yeah, oh, that's interesting questions too. Yeah. About so I, I'd kind of like to talk on how we diagnose congestive yes, heart failure. Yes, thank you. Um, oftentimes it's, um, we pick it up as a clinical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Patients come into the office and say, I've just been really tired here lately. I get short of breath when I, I walk more than a couple hundred feet. I just, I can't do what I, I've done. You know, the, over the last year I've just really, declined and can't do physically what I've been able to. I've noticed a little bit of swelling in my feet. So that kind of gives us cues to like, okay, there's something going on here, let's kind of, let's evaluate. So oftentimes um, we order something called an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart where we put a probe up to the chest wall and using ultrasound waves take pictures of the heart looking at the heart muscle squeezing, heart valves opening and closing. It's a good non-invasive test to start with to kind of give us an overall picture of the heart function. Um, and it's a very simple test to do. Uh, it takes you know about 20, 20 minutes to complete. And it's completely non-invasive. So we start there and then there's multiple other modalities. Um, you had Dr. Catherine Gale on uh, not too long <laughs> ago. Um, she's our, our new um, 
cardiologist that specializes yes. in, in this, the advancement of all these um, diagnostic imaging. Um, we use things from cardiac MRI to even uh, stress tests and the cameras that we use for that can give us an idea of, of heart function. But I would say that the echocardiogram is probably the most commonly used a modality in diagnosing heart failure. Okay, and is that something you might always start with that and then go to another modality to kind of fine-tune and find out what's going on or someone walks in and they have a diff, you skip that and just go right to a different no, modality? No, I would say an echocardiogram is the most commonly used method to start with because it's um, easy to obtain, fast test to do, and it's non-invasive. And then depending if we find something um, on the echocardiogram that we're not quite sure of, um, then we may get something that's uh, like a cardiac MRI that will give us a little bit different view to see if there's something else going on that we couldn't quite find out with the echocardiogram. Okay, and set this up for us. So is this something where you're right there looking at it or is this one of those tests where they lay there and have it done and then they find out later? Do so you look and see in real time what's going on? Um, depending on where it's done at, typically I would say the the most average way of doing it is um, you come into an office or clinic and uh, an echosonographer does the, the, the test and then a cardiologist reads it, you know, usually the same day or the next day mm -hmm. to get the results. Um, sometimes if there's something specific that we're looking for and doing it, the cardiologist may be there to take a look at it, uh, but most times it's usually done electively um, and, and read, you know, in a short time frame after the test is done. Right, and these are something like it's, um they have a little time. It's just when you're coming and doing this, it's okay that they get the results the next day. It's not an emergency situation. You just, you feel like something's going on. Yeah, and, and most of the time that's the way that it's done. You know, sometimes we see patients in the hospital that are being admitted because their, their heart failure is, you know, advanced and they have significant fluid on them that they need, you know, admission to the hospital to help get that fluid off and, and working up then is, you know, a little bit different than in the outpatient setting, but um, it can be done in, oftentimes done in the hospital as well whenever we're trying to rule out what, what's causing uh, problems for the patient. And I remember talking to a doctor too one time, they were looking at their heart for something else and they said they could tell um, that they had probably had a heart attack years before. You can look at a heart now and tell that they may have had a heart attack before yeah, with the damage in there? Yeah, certainly, absolutely. You know, like I was saying, some patients don't present with the typical chest pain and they or they thought they had indigestion. Women in particular yeah. often present with what we call atypical presentation. Sometimes they'll present with abdominal pain or nausea, you know. They don't always present with chest pain and they tend to downplay it and they come in a couple years later and their, you know, heart function, there's a, a region of the heart that's not pumping as well as the rest of it that would suggest there's, you know, evidence of a prior heart attack. And we found that symptoms are different between men and women too, yes. which is why a lot of times a woman will go six years and not even know she had a heart attack. <laughs> exactly. Right? And so what's, yeah. uh, is there something typical that we can look for if, a, if, let's say, a woman is having this as opposed to if a man is having The symptoms? symptom, the presentation is usually very similar. Mm -hmm. Like I said, most of the time they present with shortness of breath and uh, dips in exertion. So men and women typically present with similar symptoms with congestive heart failure. Uh, while the you know other uh, cardiovascular conditions they may present a little different with angina or chest pain, mm -hmm. um, the presentation of heart failure is usually very similar. And I've heard like jaw pain, neck pain, shoulder yes, in chest the back. Pain, and you think it's angina? Yes. Yeah. So it certainly usually presents with like substernal chest pain. Um, sometimes it radiates. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it can just present with pain in the shoulder blade or left arm pain. 
or even jaw pain. You know, it's yeah. everyone, unfortunately our body doesn't read a textbook of how <laughs> it's supposed to present. So, you know, that's kind of our job is to kind of distinguish what what, we, what is serious and what we need to kind of further look into. Mm -hmm. And it's a good idea, do you think, to just know your body anyway? Because really what you're looking for is change. It's right, what's yes, just, absolutely. It's what's atypical to you. Right. Right. Yeah, so anytime, you know, you, something's not right, you know your body better than anyone else. And so anytime you're experiencing something that's different, you're not used to, it's important to have that conversation with your, your healthcare provider about this isn't, this isn't normal for me, I think something's going on. Yeah. And you find sometimes that patients will come in, they're like, oh, okay, okay, and then they leave with so many more questions. They just <laughs> were afraid to ask. Um, sometimes they'll call back maybe or come back. Do you think that sometimes we're still afraid to kind of take up too much time or we don't want to no, ask a silly no. question? I mean, there's, there's no silly question. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the great things that we do in the heart failure clinic at Willis-Nighton is um, we have a lot of support staff, um, several nurses that work in our heart failure clinic. And uh, with heart failure, it's, it's evolving and symptoms change and patients retain fluid and or they get a little bit too much fluid off and things change or they have questions. Um, and we have a lot of support staff to be able uh, to have patients call and be able to ask questions or I think this is going on, uh, I need to be seen. Um, I encourage all, all of my patients to, if there's a question, please call and ask because if you don't ask, you won't, you won't get the answer to it, you know or anytime you feel like you may be having a side effect of the medication or um, you you can't afford it or, you know, it, we don't know unless you call and tell us. So I, I always encourage patients to to be open with your healthcare providers and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Right, and then equally important, important, like you mentioned, when you're on a medication. You take a medication, you try it, and do you find that some people go a little bit too longer going, well, yeah, it felt this way or didn't feel so great on it, but I just thought it just needed time. Even if you think it might need time, if you really don't feel like this medication is, you don't, you don't, you're feeling worse, you're not really feeling better, call. Right, right, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's multiple medications in different classes that we can use and what mm -hmm. one patient may be able to tolerate, another one can't. And so sometimes it's just finding the right recipe of yeah. a regimen that a patient can tolerate with, you know, side effects to, you know, that are minimized to still be able to treat their, their condition we're using it for. Right, there's always something else to try. Yeah. That's good. And we have Deborah on the line. Hi, Deborah. what's your question? Yes, how are you doing today? My question is, if you have, what is the number one test you can do to tell if you got congested heart failure? I would say the number one test that we do is an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of your heart to determine your heart function. Um, it's a very easy, non-invasive test, and that's usually the the test that we use as a starting point for to screen for this diagnosis. Okay, that sounds good. Like you said, I have a skin already in my heart, and I have two other blockages, and my mother had died from congested heart failure, and I was wondering to, to prevent that, uh, what I need to do to make sure I don't have this. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I would uh, definitely recommend that you follow with a cardiologist, knowing that you already have a stent. It's really important that you continue to follow on a regular basis. Um, other things that you can do are um, minimize your risk factors for, for heart disease. You know, healthy exercise, eating a cardiac diet, low salt, low fat diet, uh, you know, restrict how much salt you're taking, all those things um, you can do to, to help development of heart failure. That sounds wonderful. I appreciate your uh, answers. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for calling. Yes, thank, thank you. you.
Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate all of our callers. Yeah. So John, some great questions. Absolutely. Really wonderful. So one thing that I would like to kind of touch on are yeah. some of the risk factors yes. of development of heart failure. They're very similar um, in development of cardiovascular disease, heart disease, uh, obesity, um, untreated diabetes, um, um, smoking is, is one of the big <laughs> ones. Um, some of the other things that um, we often see are untreated hypertension uh, that is left untreated for a long time. Uh, the heart has to work. It's a muscle just like anything else. So the harder it has to work, the, the more thickening that you get of the heart muscle. So that's why it's very important to follow with the primary care provider. Make sure that your medical conditions are being treated and are well controlled, particularly the, the diabetes and the hypertension. Um, cholesterol levels um, certainly you know, play a role. And, and smoking, um, you know, smoking just overall is just just terrible. Um, so, and there's lots of resources. People that sometimes I, I want to quit, but it's it's hard to do, and it, it is very hard to do. But there's lots of resources available in the community to help patients quit smoking, and there's there's no better time to quit than today. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just reach out and um, to one of those resources to help you quit smoking. Yeah, and we hear that a lot. Smoking affects every part of your body. Sometimes we think it's just the lungs, but it really is, really takes a toll on your body. And there are resources to help you stop and, yes. and, and replace it with something else. You might like better, you yes. never know. Yes. What's one final thing you'd like to leave us with today? Um, my biggest advice would be for patients to continue to uh, follow with their primary care provider, let them know what kind of symptoms you're experiencing, um, and receive screening for conditions that can be treated that prevent the development of, of congestive heart failure and heart disease. So definitely, just call and check it out and any question you have, it's no, it's no bother. No, there's, there's no bother yeah. at all. It's always <laughs> important to ask questions and, and get the answers that you need to help you make the right decisions to take care of your body. Mm-hmm, and it's so nice to hear that don't worry, it's nothing. <laughs> That's yeah. great, you know, rather yeah. than worry. And if there's any patients, you know, with heart failure or um, anyone interested, um, you know, we. We take referrals all the time at Wilson Cardiology in the Heart Failure Clinic. Um, our office number is 318-631-6400. Please call and, and make an appointment if you need, need help. Absolutely. Well, Zach, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sherry. Really appreciate you having me. And everyone, thank you for joining us on Healthline 3. We'll see you next time.